We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week one NFL fantasy football projections on RotoViz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? All right, welcome back to Rotoviz Radio. This is Curtis Patrick, joined by my co-host Dave Cabin. Uh, we're two of the owners here at Rotoviz, and man, the season is starting. We're less than as we're recording. We're less than uh, forty-eight hours away from kickoff of twenty twenty-two NFL Week One, and I mean the energy's here. All the drafts that we've been doing off-season, dating back to geez, really kind of started in December with the twenty twenty-two NFL Draft prospect, uh, you know, uh, evaluation cycle and the road of his fantasy football rookie draft guide. And then we got into all of our best ball content and our dynasty startups, Dave. And then we actually had the NFL draft and then crushing hundreds of best ball drafts across the ownership team, maybe a thousand. If you, if you put all four of us together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it all culminates in the games actually being played. And I just couldn't be more excited, man. Um, you know, we've got some of the biggest events in fantasy still with just a couple spots left to fill up. I know you've got a main uh, main event draft over on FFPC tonight that we want to hear about in just a few minutes. Uh, Underdogs Best Ball Mania, I think, still has a little bit of uh, availability. They opened Puppy 4 on Monday, and you still got a chance to get into that. If you don't like throwing 25 bucks per draft, you can get in a little cheaper there at a $5 price point. There's just so much going on. DFS is here. I mean, it's just the ripples have ripples, man. It's awesome. So, Dave, how are you doing tonight before we talk about your draft? Yeah, man, I'm doing really well. Uh, spent some time yesterday getting a lot of the Rotovis tools primed and ready to go uh, for the season. Since, as you said, it's pretty much here. Oh, man. Got a couple of new things I'm putting some finishing uh, touches on, and I'm drafting out of the 104 in a main event draft tonight. So I am just really fired up, ready to go, ready to get into the rhythm of the season. This is what we have been working up to. Um, you know, this yeah. is easily one of the most exciting weeks of the entire year. That's awesome, man. I'm jealous of your main event tonight. 104 is a, a fun spot. I actually, while you were doing the tools updates yesterday, I did simultaneous main event and FPC drafts uh, <laughs> at 4 p.m. 
I did nice. two drafts at once. I had I had a 102 spot in the FPC and I had a 109 spot in the main event. Um, and then I've got another main event tomorrow night. Uh, that'd be Wednesday, depending on when people are listening to this episode. So Wednesday with Ryan McDowell, a friend of the site, my longtime former Dynasty podcast uh, co-host. And we, we won a free main event spot last year for winning our pros versus Joe's uh, event over on F- FFPC. So we're going to, we're going to toss it back and see if, if we can turn that into some major bucks uh, there in the million dollar, million dollar hunt. So Dave um, tonight or this morning, uh, we want to get into some of the game level similarity projections that can help people make tough start sit decisions, um, you know, flex decisions Streaming decisions, you know, if you're grabbing somebody from the waiver wire, I know it's week one, but some of you completed these drafts weeks ago, and you're going to actually have to get into that waiver cycle process early on. And um, I think an underappreciated tool that we have on our site that can actually answer a lot of those questions for you are the game level similarity projections. So I don't know if you have a drop, but then can you tell our listeners about the GLSP app before I then run it through the paces. Oh, I had a drop ready to go. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. Yeah. So longtime readers, listeners from, you know, last couple of years surely know about the weekly GLSP process. GLSP stands for Game Level Similarity Projection. So the tool, essentially what we have done in it is we have told it the stats that are predictive of fantasy scoring and also tend to carry from week to week. We've told the tool those stats that matter for each position. Then the tool is going to go in and it's going to look at a player's average stat line from a couple of recent uh, weeks. So it will go back two weeks, look at the player's stat line, four weeks, look at the player's stat line, go back six weeks, six weeks, look at the player stat line, then conglomerate those into one stat line weighted in the best way that we have found to put together uh, a list of players from prior seasons that have accumulated stats within a period of time similar to that for the player. So essentially you're finding similar players based upon the stats that matter for that position as they relate to fantasy scoring. Then the tool is going to look at the defense that player is facing. Look at the defense is stats in that time period that matter. Find similar defenses. And then the next step is to find instances over the last 10 or so years when players like the one being searched for have faced defenses similar to the one that player will be facing. And the idea behind this is, for example, if I want to look at how uh, maybe Justin Herbert has fared against the Chiefs, well, you know, he's still pretty early on in his career. There's only so many games that you could go back and look to. But what we could do by looking at how things have gone when quarterbacks like Justin Herbert face defense is like the chiefs, we can expand our pool of games. We can look at tremendously. So once we have that list together, we can then get an average score. We can look at what the 25th percentile score in that group of players uh, in those games would look like, and then have a full distribution. And that gives us a lot more info 
than singularly coming up with what we feel like a projection for that game should be. You have that ceiling, you have that floor, you know where the most uh, likely outcomes are concentrated. And it's really helpful to use that when making start-sit decisions, thinking about how much upside you might have in your lineup, how much safety. Uh, If you're looking for guys in DFS, that could surprise. There's a lot of different applications of it, but really at the heart of it, it's just finding if you're looking at player A, instances where players like player A have faced defenses like the defense player A will be facing. All right, so I think... Um, to illustrate this, you know, and, and if you're listening to the podcast and, and you want the little tutorial, you can go find this episode on YouTube and see the screen share. So I'm on rotoviz.com. I'm on the game level similarity projections and, uh, Dave brought up Justin Herbert. So, you know, I clicked on the quarterback position. I dialed up Justin Herbert in the player drop down box. And then you can see from what Dave said, you know, this is not necessarily uh, a projection specific to Justin Herbert. It's a projection based off of what quarterbacks of similar uh, historical fantasy production have done against defenses that have allowed similar fantasy uh, production against themselves. Yep. And we have an average stat line um, for Justin Herbert, who's a sample player here. So you can see, you know, for this week against Las Vegas, They've got him going, you know, 25 for 37, 307 passing yards, 2.2 passing touchdowns, uh, and just under three rushing attempts for 12 yards. That would be the 50th percentile game level similarity projection. So when you actually um, load in this tool, and, and you'll see this in a second, if I go over to all players, it will actually rank all players for the week. Uh, and that, that would be the proje- basically, you know, fantasy rankings, you know, within this app. Um, but that's Justin Herbert's 50th percentile uh, or average stat line there. And then we also have thresholds that you can see. And there's a bar graph that is just, you know, another way of representing um, the data and the grid here. But this shows you the percentage of those top 50 sim players and how often those players scored in various fantasy categories. So, you know, for the quarterback position, we have it at under five points, five to 10 points, 10 to 15, 15 to 20. 20 to 25 and greater than 25. So you can easily see here that Justin Herbert and his historical Sims in this case, 58% of the time against defenses like Las Vegas uh, scored 20 or more fantasy points. That's what we're really talking about here. And so now you can get to the point where you're actually using this to help set your lineup. And I've asked actually a couple of the people who are tuning in here uh, to put some start sit conundrums together so we can actually use the comparison tool here dave uh live and find out together who these best matchups will be i know you and i are both starting to kind of commit this to memory so we'll do just a couple examples here describe what we're seeing and then we'll um, go position by position and just talk about what we're seeing from maybe some of the studs this week and then also maybe some surprise players uh in particular you know if you have a really deep flex league or if you need to pick somebody up off of the waiver wire, who are some players that that might have an opportunity uh, to surprise? So Dave Gladstone, man, he's been tuning into like all of these live streams lately. He wants to know at the wide receiver position, uh, Jarvis Landry or Alan Lazard. So I can go into the comparison tool. Yep. And and put them head to head right now. 
Interesting so thing about Landry. this, as as you look yeah. for them that I'll mention, I know from having worked on some other stuff that both of them have very favorable matchups in terms of the type of player yeah. that they are and where they line up on the field against the defenses they will be facing. So I'm curious to see how this this shakes out here. Yeah, and so you can see, you know, in the top grid, we have by scoring, uh, uh, by scoring rules, PPR or half PPR or even standard. We've got that in there for any dinosaur still playing that. Um, you can see the percentile, uh, projected score there. So Jarvis Landry average score from his, uh, historical Sims in, in matchups, like what he's got this week, um, 13.0 PPR, Alan Lazard, 11.9 PPR at the 50th. Now they both have pretty good ceilings this week, um, with Landry at 16.8 PPR and Alan Lazard at 15.1. And as I scroll down, for those of you following along on YouTube, you can see what that, looks like plotted out in the distribution there. What you'll really notice as you look at it there is that the higher range of outcomes seem to really be tied more to Jarvis Landry's name there while they both have pretty good, um, you know, why they both have pretty good average uh, uh, production. And of course, um, from their top 50 closest. Yeah. I need to interject here with the caveat that the way that I set up this tool and the entire concept, it is agnostic of team situation, meaning it does not consider, nor does it know, any changes that there would have been on a player's team. So this tool does get progressively better as the season rolls along, because mm -hmm. right now it's looking at Alan Lazard's stat line, assuming that that stat line yeah. has been created. Well, it's not assuming, but that stat line was created when he was playing alongside Devontae Adams. So right. if in reality, you know, six weeks from now, his stat line is going to be, you know, very different than it was than what it was in the past. Then this wouldn't be the best way to do the projection for him right now. But we can only work with the information that we do have. So keep that in mind early on in the season as you're looking at some of these. Uh, you know, there's a couple of couple of teams that you're going to really be focusing on, like Russell Wilson and the impact in Denver. That's not going to be accounted for yeah. in there. So you're going to have to give a couple of weeks for things to get up to speed there. Yeah, but what we can do uh, that's pretty cool is we can at least give ourselves some context. So, you know, Devontae Adams is gone. Well, yep. what would Devontae Adams, uh, you know, what would Devontae Adams matchup um, have looked like? Exactly. Um, you know, and, and so then you can start to solve there. You know, I think at, at the end of the day, both Landry and Lazard um, have a chance uh, to be their team's uh, number one target this week, Dave. Um, right now, it's a little unclear if Alan Lazard's going to play. Yep. Um, I can tell you if he does play, I'm going to start him over Landry Me too, uh, because of the Minnesota Vikings matchup there. Uh, Rogers, I, I tweeted out earlier this week I and mean, he's just been torching Minnesota the last two years. It's really been embarrassing. Um, and so if, if Lazard gets the clean bill of health, I'm going to start him. Um, but you've got an excellent bailout option there, you know, in Landry let's go over. Uh, well, let's, we got one more at the wide receiver position and then we'll go to running back. Andrew Winkler asks CD lamb, Jerry, Judy, or Gabe Davis. So um, this is another way to get into the tool here. Rather than go uh, comparison, because we've got three players now, I can just go to the all players tab yep. at wide receiver and you know just kind of see how they're ranked. I can look at the 50th percentile. I can look at the 75th. Let's get it sorted at the 50th and see how these guys rank. And then let's give Andrew a look at the ceiling in case you know he wants to go there uh, for that heavy swing in, in week one. So I'm scrolling down through. I actually don't see any of these guys 
uh, within our top 15 in the GLSP app for this week. I get into the second page here. Man, it's really not liking any of these guys quite yet. Uh, keep going. We're now in wide receivers 31 through 45. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Well, it, this is going to be similar. So there's CD. You know, yep. he really doesn't like CD at the 58.2 uh, PPR for CD. I'd actually liked Michael Gallup better than CD, but contextually, we know Michael Gallup's not playing. So, you know, you can maybe add so yeah, on a little bit of that right. to, to CD, which is kind of what you were getting at. Right. And then you might look a little bit more at that distribution for CD and consider the fact that he's probably going to be yeah. more towards, uh, you know, the right of the distribution than the left. So then Jerry Judy uh, pops up for us. And then Gabe Davis, I'm just going to go ahead and search for him. But obviously, you know, his role... Uh, figures to be different than last year too. So that's that's what's interesting there. Let's search by the 75th percentile and see what the ceilings look like for these guys. So Gabe Davis is at 10.2 PPR at this at his 75th percentile. Jerry Judy is at 10.4. And then I think CD will end up uh, being highest at 12.0. And, you know, I think that's pretty interesting um, because that's probably the way that I would put it, yep. right? I mean, if nothing else, in week one, we know C.D. Lamb is the smash number one in his offense. And while Jerry Judy or Gabriel Davis could end up being massive values and maybe all three of those guys find their way to be fantasy wide receiver ones this season, week one is also a find it out week. And we, I mean, we just know C.D. is going to get that target share this week, Andrew. And it doesn't work. We need more information, as does the app, before we can get great projections on what Jerry Judy or Gabriel Davis will be doing. Anybody who's doing napkin math or handwritten, um, you know, or manual projections, they're guessing too, because these roles for these guys look different. What's nice for us is at least we're basing it on historical production of similar players versus similar defenses. So none of the week one projections that you're going to look at at any site, ours or otherwise, are going to be perfect. Um, but ours are rooted in, in a, a pretty big historical sample size, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Andrew so, says, thanks. You're quite welcome, sir. Why don't you uh, respond there, Dave, and then we'll go over to the running oh, back Oh, yeah, position. yeah, yeah. You're welcome, Andrew. So the the, one, the other thing I wanted to add, too, was that um, these have been in the works for a long time, and I've been making you know refinements year over year, and we're able to do a lot of back testing, uh, different types of things to determine that these have, in comparison to projections that I might be doing manually, very good accuracy. Um, and the other thing is by having that distribution, they're giving us more information as well. So I can, I can tell you that I feel very confident about the results we get out of this tool. And even though it does get better as the season moves along, but the other cool thing that I've noticed too, for those of you that are using it, there's are, there are situations where it starts to pick up on some signal for a player before we actually do just kind of doing our manual process of looking through stats. There's some times where it's week four and I see a name getting high up on the list that I'm not sure about. Uh, like, for example, Amon Ross St. Brown. It was on a couple of weeks early last year. So sometimes you get results that don't seem intuitive. Uh, players lower than you might expect. But that's kind of cool, too, because it actually gives you something to look at to make different decisions other than just rolling forward the same set of rankings each week, which is one of the other things I like about it, Curtis. Because if you're just sitting down doing these subjectively, like the way that I would do our season-long subjective projections, you're going to have pretty similar results every week. So it doesn't really give you a whole lot to go with. Let's head over to the running back position. Uh, Josh Taylor writes in, Damian Pierce, Rashad Penny, 
Naeem Hines or AJ Dillon at running back to full PPR. So that's good. So um, we've got, yeah, we, we go got to mention though, Pierce, we actually cannot generate a projection yeah, no, for him specifically. He has no historical sims yet. Yeah. He, has no historical he, he hasn't sims. been an NFL player yet. So yeah. what I will do um, in the article yeah. that goes up on the site, I love, uh, oh, sorry. I was just reading a comment, which is why I said, and you say love. <laughs> Connor says the GLSB <laughs> loves Jameis too, but he called him Flamus. Yeah. Um, I, I go back and I look at just draft position for running backs or other positions and then use that as a proxy to just post an average, uh, an average point total uh, in a little mm-hmm. table above the GLSP. I haven't added that to the tool yet, but that will be there later this week. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, that, that's that's good uh, call out. I mean, for all of the rookies, um, and again, this would be no different for anyone doing manual projections. Um, for the rookies, it's pure guesswork until you know we see snaps until we see uh production uh against a certain type of defense i mean this tool doesn't know any better than than a human yet um okay so getting to the question at hand you know damian pierce let's just set him off to the side for a second because i don't think we're going to need to get into that name for week one anyway yeah um because we've got a couple pretty exciting matchups and i can give you a one two that damian pierce wouldn't get into josh so uh as i pull this up and, and look at two of the backs that really popped out just from a name perspective. I, I was assuming that AJ Dillon and Rashad Penny, um, you know, would both pop in here and they do. Uh, so AJ Dillon's 50th percentile uh, PPR GLSP is 12.9 this week. 
Uh, Rashad Penny's is just 8.9. But if you look at the ceilings for both of these players, it's over 15 uh, PPR. And A.J. Dillon's at 18.2. Now, what we know about A.J. Dillon um, is that he has a pretty significant running mate in Aaron Jones. And, you know, this app is going to see these Green Bay running backs and, and what their production is, but they're sharing a common opponent. Um, so it's natural to, to think that they would both score pretty well in here. And when you see Aaron Jones also being over 12 and a half PPR at his 50th and 16 for a 75th, what it tells me is one of these Green Bay backs, if not both, is probably going to pop. Um, however, we can avoid the backfield timeshare in a ceiling situation and just go for the player with a similar ceiling and, and Rashad Penny. Now, if you are not the risk-taking type, Josh, and that 50th percentile 8.9 PPR scares you and you say the Seahawks might just flat out stink and the box is going to be loaded up against Penny and he missed a little bit of time, um, you know, that 50th percentile projection and that scary 25th percentile 3.8 floor uh, is a little nasty. So um, if you are looking for a good matchup from a good player, you go with A.J. Dillon. If you want the ceiling and you're a little bit more of a risk taker, I think I actually feel more comfortable with Rashad Penny hitting his ceiling in that game because of what we can project around his volume and his role uh, without Ken Walker being available versus A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. You don't know who's going to end up getting those highest value touches in that game. That's the way that I see that one, Dave. Um, so I would rank it Penny and then Dillon. Um, do you follow suit on that or would you go the opposite direction before we move on? No, I think I would follow suit there. I guess the other thing I would say, I think that this is one of those decisions that you could agonize over, but in reality, it's probably <laughs> pretty much a coin flip. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kill myself over that decision. Also, I just want to say, Josh, what a head of hair, my man. Incredible <laughs> stuff right there. Yeah. One, one of the better profile picks that we shared on the screen. Yeah. Uh, Josh says, thank you. I've, I'm going to take one more running back question because it's been sitting in there for a little bit from Ben. Yep. Uh, JK Dobbins or Kareem Hunt. So let's see what the GLSP app has to say uh, about these players. Now, of course, we've got the big caveat of what will JK Dobbins role be, if any, in week one. So, you know, whatever we tell you here could be a totally moot point if JK Dobbins isn't in pads um, or if it, you know, if you get any feedback uh, from the team around, you know, pitch count or, you know, uh, metered role, those types of things, you know, then you're just going to steer clear. It's not worth the risk because you have another player in Kareem Hunt that's not going to have any of that risk um, baked in here. Now, both of these guys have pretty good um, ceilings, but they have different um, 50th percentile projections that I think helps to make this decision a little bit easier. Both of them have ceilings over 16.0 PPR. Uh, this week, but Hunt's 50th percentile is 3.2 PPR higher, and he doesn't have any of the injury questions. Now, he did have the trade demand, and so will the team, you know, treat him a little differently in week one? You know, that's kind of back there, but I think Cleveland wants to win, and, you know, they have a better shot to win by getting the ball in the hands of their playmakers on the road against Carolina with a bad quarterback in J.K. Dobbins. I expect them to try to win through the run as they will for the first 11 weeks of the season. So I agree with the app here. I think, um, you know, Kareem Hunt's uh, average outcome here is more attractive to me. You can see if you're watching on YouTube, the distribution uh, and the plot also likes 
uh, Kareem Hunt to, you know, really have those 10 to 15 and 15 to 20 PPR outcomes, you know, a much higher rate than JK. And that's what's really driving the difference in their ratings for this week. So I, I would go Hunt over Dobbins in week one for reasons beyond even the GLSP app and for information that doesn't even know. Um, Dave, how do you see that one? Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree with that. When I consider the context of both games and the fact that Dobbins might be kind of ba- uh, kind of banged up at this point, seems to me more likely that if you know we play these games at 100 times, Hunt would be the guy that you'd want to have in your lineup more often. So I am on board with you there, Curtis. Okay, so now let's actually just go position by position, see who really jumps out at us and see if we can find any sneaky starts at the quarterback position, maybe from a super flex perspective, um, or if anybody um, ends up, you know, needing to stream somehow, uh, forgot to draft a quarterback, waited until around 16, 17. And you're like, man, um, I ended up with Baker Mayfield as my quarterback and I got to get out to the wire. I was a fanboy, and I made a bad choice. We'll find something for you here. So Connor O'Driscoll, the uh, best ball champion himself, says that GLSP loves Flamus Winston this week. And he's right, man. Jameis Winston sticks out like a sore thumb at QB6 uh, in his average GLSP performance at 20.5 fantasy points for this week. That one stands out to me. And then also Mac Jones and Marcus Mariota uh, as QB1s um, based off of their 50th percentile, I think is, is pretty interesting, Dave. Let's hit the ceilings for those DFS lovers. Yep. Uh, not the cash game, the tournament lovers here. We've got Josh Allen at 31.7, Joe Burrow at 29.8, Tom Brady at 27.5. And there you go. Jameis Winston again, QB four for ceiling at 26.2. Anything standing out to you amongst those quarterbacks? Yeah, well, I think the Jameis uh, projection might be surprising, but I'll also note that if you go over to the fantasy streaming app, uh, it will just show you that based upon the opponent's difficulty against passers, New Orleans facing Atlanta puts them with the fourth most favorable uh, quarterback matchup of the week. Then beyond that, too, if you do look at Jameis's games last year, he had a couple of 30-plus point games um, in his seven games that he played last year, put up two 30 plus point performances. So, you know, he is no stranger to having, uh, you know, good outings. So I think that he's definitely a name worth highlighting. The Mac Jones one was pretty interesting as well. Uh, so I think those are two players that I'd consider, despite some of the negative talk that there has been related to Mac Jones, especially up here in New England with people getting very, worried about some of the preseason reports. I think Jones still looks pretty interesting to me. So I just want to show people what you're talking about really quick. There's different ways to get to our strength of schedule streaming app. If you want the team level data, you can actually go to that app, but okay. If you want to do some of this research for yourself, and this is what's so cool about the way that some of things link together on the site, you know, we were just looking at the GLSP, you know, projections for Jameis Winston and, you know, let's get some more information. So we can go over to the NFL Stat Explorer, which is a very popular tool. But in the offseason, I think a lot of people live on this fantasy stats page, which is an awesome dashboard. But in season, I mean, this is where a lot of my content comes from. I love this page. And it's the matchup analysis tab. And you've got actually the strength of schedule streaming for Jameis Winston um, as a passer against the defenses for the whole season. 
So as you're, you're like, man, maybe I should add Jameis or maybe I should rethink who I'm going to be starting. And, you know, ne- over the next couple of weeks, he's actually got some, you know, plus lineup or plus uh, matchups over the first five weeks of the season, four plus matchups and one kind of neutral one against Carolina. Um, and you can actually scroll down and, and see what happened in the last five games. Now, this was in 2021, the last five games of data, but you can see what Atlanta did late in the season last year against quarterbacks. And of course, as we advance through the season this year, this will update with 2022 data. Um, and so this is also stuff that's kind of behind what Dave was uh, talking about there. Um, anything else you want to add about the, uh, uh, the NFL player stat explorer while I switch back over um, to the other app here, Dave? Nothing specific other than there's just so much information in there that the overwhelming majority of questions that you might have, you can likely answer by playing yeah. around in there, right? Yeah, I, I think on Twitter, I could almost default, you know, when people ask me start sits this year, I could almost just default to two questions. One, are you a Rotoviz sub? <laughs> um, if yes, go to the NFL player sat explorer and then ask me if you still have any questions. And then two, if you're not a Rotoviz subscriber, um, then get a sub and then see question two um, <laughs> or see question <laughs> one. See question one yeah. Um, let's, yeah, let's go to uh, the running back position, kind of look at this again. Um, as well, you know, when we go to the 50th percentile here for running backs this week, uh, Joe Mixon actually actually popping as the RB1, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Elijah Mitchell, I think is an interesting name up there. Josh Jacobs now that, you know, this app doesn't know that there's a new coach in Las, uh, in Las Vegas. But as you and I talked about in our main event draft last week, you know, maybe maybe people are a little bit too far down on Josh Jacobs at this point. Um, one interesting note is on Jonathan Taylor uh, being a little bit further down, you know, the rankings here in terms of his 50th uh, this week for week one. Now let's click over to the 75th. Uh, not really any surprises here either. Austin Eckler uh, usurps Joe Mixon in the ceiling view. We still have Lenny Fournette, James Conner, David Montgomery, uh, Cam Akers. Now what you could look at there um, with that situation is if you think the team is going to be more committee level with those two backs, you know, you got to take that into consideration uh, for cam, but Javante Williams also being high here and Elijah Mitchell popping with the ceiling again. Um, no real big surprises. As I look at the top 15, let's just go a little bit deeper in case somebody has a flex uh, conundrum here yep. that they're dealing and while with. You do that. I'll note yeah. that normally at running back in the app, you have the fewest surprises at running back And that's because volume is so important for running backs that it has to prioritize rushing attempts. And as a result of that, there's, uh, you know, fewer surprises because, you know, the the week to week volume leaders at the position are very consistent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just really not. You know, there's really no surprises in here at all. Bradley says this is fantastic, guys. Hey, glad you like it, man. Um, Dave and I were talking before the show that this is going to be a weekly segment. Um, this will probably answer a lot of questions uh, for all of you that are tuning in, especially those of you that want to follow along on YouTube because you actually will see the visuals. But hopefully after listening for a couple of weeks, people will kind of get the drill and how they could do this research for themselves. Um, let's move over to wide receivers since there wasn't any big surprise at running back. Elijah Moore, that's the name that's standing out for me, man. <laughs> Elijah Moore, wide receiver three uh, at his median. Uh, for a week one, uh, I'm on Ray St. Brown number uh, wide receiver four. I'm on board there. I think he's gonna have a huge role this season. Um, 
going down through the, the first page here, not really much in the way of surprises. You know, we talked about Jarvis Landry a little bit earlier. Of course, he's playing in New Orleans now. The app doesn't know that, um, but it does know his opponent. Um, uh, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, you know, no real surprises here. I, I will note, though, um, as we got into the start-sit conversation earlier, you know, the app still thinks Alan Lazard is wide receiver four <laughs> uh, or three, right? Uh, based off of his, you know, past usage anyway and past production. And it's got him ranked inside the top 30 for wide receiver matchups or for wide receiver GLSP, you know, this week. And I, I think that's pretty important. If he plays, I think you got to get him in there. Um, that's really the name, I think, besides Elijah Moore that stands out. Anybody that's catching your eye, Dave? Um, well, I actually think that Corey Davis, it's kind of interesting to see in there as well. And one of the things that we're seeing there is this matchup for the Jets ends up being fairly favorable because with some other research that I've done too, uh, that, uh, matchup for Corey Davis looks pretty appealing. Of course, there are some questions there in New York that the app isn't going to know about. Uh, but I think that lends some credence to the possibility of if you were in a pinch, uh, you know, and you need to turn to Corey Davis, he might be able to sneak away with a decent week. So the Boston Strangler has been dropping some uh, pretty cool comments in the chat here. So I think we'll, we'll address one as we kind of wrap the episode up here. Um, James Connor averaged under 3.7 yards per carry. Didn't catch many passes last year. Aside from goal line TDs, Connor's maybe average. The app is counting on many goal line TDs for Connor. Um, I'm not going to argue much on, you know, James Connor's talent. I mean, he definitely produced because of his role. Um, Similarly to how Kenyon Drake did the year before in Arizona. You know, they give a lot of those high value touches to the running back close in and Kyler, um, you know, didn't run as much last year. I think Connor was the, you know, direct beneficiary of that. Um, What's interesting though here is, your assumption while is I think a good assumption um, is actually wrong because uh, the app is coming up with his projection. It's actually driven by receiving work um, in this particular matchup against Kansas city. And I would, I would guess that, you know, some of that is due to the fact that, you know, Arizona is likely to potentially trail against this opponent. Um, and because of that, uh, what it knows from a fantasy perspective is that, running backs that play Kansas city playing from behind, you know, get some of their production uh, in form of, you know, receptions. It actually is only projecting, you know, 0.3 rushing touchdowns for James Conner this week. So while I agree totally with your sentiments around Conner being like a redraft target, I don't really have any of them this year. Uh, That's actually not what's driving his stat line this week. So I actually don't really have a problem with him being ranked so highly. I would mention too, that the app, um, though efficiency isn't, uh, well, I won't get into the modeling perspective of it, but like <laughs> it understands yeah. Yeah. if a player isn't efficient. Um, and so that's getting worked into the mat, the list of matching players that it's going to find. Yeah. I mean, 14 rushes for 55 yards. Um, you know, it's nothing impressive, you know, whatsoever. Um, okay. Right. Also, the app would know that Connor isn't a pass catching running back, but it's picking up right. signal that apps like Connor, when they faced defenses similar to Kansas City, have caught mm-hmm. more passes than they normally do. Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's some great dialogue. Um, thanks for the comments, Boston Strangler. 
Okay, let's get at the tight end position here. I will note, you can also get flex. Um, so if you want to cross compare players at different positions, I mean, that's that's really, you know, a sweet bonus in this tool, especially as the season uh, marches along. So I don't, I don't want to lose sight of that. But let's get into the tight end position. It's always so difficult if you didn't go early at the position to figure out who to start. Um, and we see a lot of familiar customers here. Uh, as you would expect, we got Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Dalton Schultz. No real surprises there amongst the top seven. Uh, we do see Irv Smith, Pat, uh, Pat Fryermuth, and Gerald Everett all being, uh, you know, tight end ones in terms of their 50th percentile uh, for week one. So, you know, those who maybe waited on the position, especially if you waited into double digit rounds and took somebody like Gerald Everett and, you know, um, the app isn't fully adjusted for him being a charger and having uh, Justin Herbert quite yet um, as it would be for some of these other guys that have been in a static situation. So that's pretty um, interesting to note there. And then even Brevin Jordan uh, for the Houston Texans, you know, the young guy, um, you know, showing up as a, you know, a favorable uh, start and a start sit conundrum. Alberto popping off. Josh Taylor wants to know. Let's see if we can find Alberto I remember, here. I think he's, I think he's somewhere around like 18 ish. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he actually 16, 17, 18, 21, uh, tight 21 for the 50th percentile. Now let's go look at ceiling. And I think he's going to go a little higher there. He's actually going to be, um, yeah, he'll be tight end 17 there. So a little bit higher from a ceiling perspective, but you know, that's what you're really playing with a player like, uh, Okoye Boonham. And I, I think, you know, the app agreeing, um, it feels like some confirmation bias for me. I mean, he's probably, target number four at best uh, in the, in the Broncos offense right now, um, you know, based off of all of the other options that Russ Wilson's going to have at his disposal. Nobody really stands out other than the names that, that I mentioned uh, previously, you know, Irv Smith, Pat Fryer, Revan Jordan being tight end ones in, in week one, I think is, is notable. Yeah, I think, um, I generally don't get quite as many surprises um, at tight end either. Oh, Curtis, I don't know if you could hear that, but I'm going to be up in a couple of picks now, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, Friar Muth, I think it's going to be really interesting beyond yeah. looking at the matchup stuff here just to see if he's able to mesh in with Trubisky, given that Trubisky is going to have some options now. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that we can get uh, him being, you know, a really fun, very usable tight end week to week. So looking forward to that. Well, good luck in the in the main event tonight, man. So I'm also uh, in a football guys players championship uh, draft as well. So like you, Curtis, at I'm the same be, time, same time. Oh, yes, yeah. I had to do it. It was the only way I could. <laughs> like, like if I was going to use that time for a draft to get everything else done, I had to put it in two of them. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, I had a lot of fun with it yesterday. So we'll we'll quickly wrap it up here, so you can uh, totally focus there. Don't feel like you need to chime in. I am going to go back to one yep. uh, more comment. Uh, Boston Strangler, appreciate your engagement on on this episode. Here it says Dalton Schultz will be a monster this year with Amari Cooper gone and Michael Gallup banged up. A lot of looks. I could not agree more. Um, especially early in the season, man. I think he's going to totally smash in September. I will say, for those of you that are maybe new to the show uh, for NFL Week 1 here, didn't listen in over the summer, my pick for 2022 Dalton Schultz-type breakout player that maybe isn't jumping off of the score sheet in, in previous years, um, but is set up in a similar situation to be his team's number two, Austin Hooper. And he's about 
10 rounds cheaper. So we will see what happens there. Uh, last question that I will take. Jerry Delegati says, what about Kyle Pitts this week? Well, what about Kyle Pitts? We may need to get in there and, and update him uh, a little bit. Dave, I'm not seeing him on the first or the second page. We may need to take a look at his uh, Do a quick projection search, please. for this week. Yeah. I seem to remember. Oh, boy. Yeah, he, it's, it's a minuscule. Yep. Uh, he's in there. It just ain't pretty, man. It, uh, 7.9 PPR ceiling. Um, let's go over to the NFL player stat explorer and see if we can understand from a matchup perspective about, you know, maybe what might be, what might be driving that. Going over to the matchup analysis tab. This is what I was doing with James Winston earlier guys uh, and gals that are checking in. So it, you know, this matchup against um, new Orleans. So in the last five games at the end of last season, uh, what we saw is they basically allowed zilch, uh, production um, to tight ends. And so, you know, when you think about similar players against similar defenses, it's that similar defenses piece um, that I think is probably hurting Kyle Pitts in the, in the projections within the app right now. Um, New Orleans held opposing tight ends to uh, negative fantasy points over expectation over the final month and a half of the season. And no tight end scored more than 6.3 PPR against them. In that time frame. Now, when I look, this is the value of the tool. When I look within the tool, the best tight end that New Orleans faced over that uh, time period would have been Rob Gronkowski. So, you know, different players of a different ilk. That's what this tool is seeing. However, the GLSP app is thinking about players that are like Kyle Pitts. So, for you know that tool to project him at eight PPR. Um, when the Saints was were really only allowing you know four to six over the final uh, month and a half of the season last year, um, it's not the best projection. Uh, but maybe you know Pitts will have to solve the uh, New Orleans Saints riddle in Week One through just sheer volume um, rather than popping off you know with with big plays and, and touchdowns. Dave. Yeah. One final thing to add to. Um, so when the app is looking at the fifty matches that it pulls in. For what we list as the 25th and the 75th percentile, uh, keep in mind that you're as a result of that, you're chopping off some of the outliers. So for a player like Pitts, maybe you had a handful of his matches that did have really high performances. Uh, but to make sure that the math works out, that you're not getting over-influenced by one or two games, we take those out. All right. I can't think of a better way to sign off uh, from this episode uh, Josh Taylor, uh, who we love the mop here says the Taylor GLSP loves angels envy this weekend. Cheers. Um, man, I'm going to pour one right after the show. Uh, thanks for the suggestion. I haven't <laughs> opened that bottle in a little while, Josh. Um, thanks so much. Uh, had a lot of fun. This is great. Love interacting, um, with the listeners on the live stream. Hopefully it translates pretty well for you in podcast form. Um, until next time, this has been the road of his fantasy Football podcast. What's up, Roto Biz?